the shade room to your news feed. We brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide. What's going on, everybody? This is the Randall Barnes Experience here on this amazing day. And I have on the line right now, former Miss Texas Southern University and Biden HBCU co-chair, Rachel Oshinaga in the building. Rachel, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? How are you? I am amazing. I'm just happy to talk to you. You're a legend. You know that, right? Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't say a legend, but, you know, you could say it today. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So how's everything been going with you as far as, you know, just your adult life? How's everything been post-graduation? Oh, everything has been well. I've actually been taking the time to uh, refuel and recharge. I think that's the best way to say it, um, mentally and physically. But I am well at work. I actually have been back devoted to my one of my first goals, which was to become a funeral director. So I am currently in my funeral um, service apprenticeship on my way to being licensed. Um, and I am almost through something that's going to take me two to three years, knocking it out in one. You know, we're very goal-oriented around here. Let's get into just the work that you've done for the Joe Biden campaign. So I was doing some research just on everything you've been doing the past year. And what I didn't realize is that you announced that you were a Biden HBCU co-chair on J15 because you're an AKA, but you announced it on that day. So I got to ask you, was that planned to do that? Or was that just a, a coincidence? You, I think it was a coincidence. I actually, I think I might've maybe during the time I realized it, but later on I didn't, you know, I tried to make sure that my social media is not only entertaining, but effective um, because you truly do have to impact those around you. So I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything if I became a co-chair, but I wasn't talking to my sorors and my line sisters and my sorors inside of Texas and outside of Texas. You know, it wouldn't mean anything if I wasn't truly communicating about the campaign then. So it probably did have like some type of hidden agenda, but um, yeah, it, it became, it came pretty full circle since, you know, J-15 was just around the corner and we enjoyed it thoroughly. We have a lot of students that want to be in politics and some that, you know, are currently in politics and want to advance their way up and they're working on mayoral campaigns, gubernatorial campaigns. And, but you worked on a presidential campaign. So how did you even work your way up to becoming a Biden HBCU national co-chair? So first off, a special shout out to a couple of people. Shout out to um, my friend, Tyler Smith. He is uh, uh, also a student at Texas Southern University, um, a brother of Kappa Alpha Psi and a close, close friend. He was the president of the Young Democrats on campus. And he was very connected in politics from the very beginning. Um, also, special thanks to Jonathan Hilsner. He was on the campaign. And then, of course, to many other TSU Tigers. Um, but I will say those specific people. And also Kamal Marshall. He is actually was actually on the campaign. And he is a TSU grad. So he has, you know, that HBCU connection. So seeing how it is HBCU Pulse. I use the opportunities at my HBCU and then truly use them to my advantage. I made sure my voice was heard, but when I was asked to do something, I made sure I, I made sure I did it. When we were um, when I was giving Miss uh, President Joe Biden the tour, I was actually calling out names, like the actual names. I wasn't just saying, "Oh, this is that student and this student." You know, and he actually was hearing it out and he was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. And it was because I just devoted myself to being personable 
while on my campus. And I think that's what made the difference. I think that's how I was able to be afforded the opportunity because you will get those phone calls. You don't know. You got people who have your phone number and your email and you have to be ready and you have to be ready to perform. Exactly. And I think that's the big thing you just said is about networking and about being ready for that spot because you never know Mm -hmm. what celebrity, what politician will be coming to your HBCU mm-hmm. and you made it happen and you made such an impression that you did, a, you did a selfie video with him. He was just, he was just so on that phone. He was just, you, he was just, yes. he just was so taken That was by the you. second time around. Yeah. That was the second time around. I was, I'm, I was fortunate not only for him to come the first time and be so hands-on with the TSU community, but he decided to come back and do a rally um, in February, which I was just in awe of and so excited to then be able to introduce him. That was kind of like a breathtaking moment. So how did it feel to introduce him? Because that was such a powerful video. Because I know at that time we posted it on Pulse and it just <laughs> went viral. So how did it feel to open, just, just open up for a presidential candidate? Um, I actually, first I was getting ready and I was just at the moment, and this happened in like literally an hour, um, I knew I was going to the rally. I knew I was there to, you know, usher him in for a couple of things. And then I was told, you know, hey, we got to, you're going to go ahead and do the introduction. So I'm like, you know, you prepare for those things that you never imagined doing, but you prepare for them. And I did. I prepared to give him an introduction without that even being confirmed. So when it happened, I like took a deep breath. I prayed and, you know, everybody has those safe spaces. So I was in my car. And I take my mom, I said, I'm going to call you in a few seconds and lace you up and just be ready. She said, okay. And I remember calling her and saying, hey, mom, um, you got any pointers for me? My mom has over 30 years of experience in transition, and she's been a writer since I don't know even know when, published author. And so, of course, she's my number one go-to. And I said, mom, what do I do? <laughs> and she said, that's not a question you ask me. She says, you do exactly what you were born to do. And that just gave me the confidence and the push that I already knew I had. So I was beyond words because I actually called him the 46th president of the United States. And that's a pretty bold statement to make um, in my position. But I honestly have to say, I believe God put that on my heart to say. And the sources around me and everyone who helped me and just ushered me in, they were confident in me. So I was confident in Joe Biden. And I'm so glad that I was because it's proven that, you know, you can believe in something and it truly can't come to pass. Let's pivot back into you working with the campaign. So it was a very diverse field of candidates this time around on the Democratic side. What made you support mm-hmm. Joe Biden in this way? Um, when I looked at the reality of the candidates and what they were discussing, I was undecided for um, a minute because I just, I, I couldn't understand why we were being pulled in so many different directions when it came to who to truly stand behind, you know? And I honestly said, where are they coming together? Now they're all talking about, you know, changing certain things and um, discussing how they can be effective within our communities. But Joe Biden kept talking about these HBCUs and I'm just like, man, he's going to stick to his plan. He's keep he's gonna keep mentioning, you know, and pulling that heartstring. And he pulled my heartstring literally until I had to face him. <laughs> Look, in the flesh, where he's like, I'm here in Houston and he made time and he made the arrangement to make sure he went to a very prominent HBCU. How can I not get behind somebody that would do that? 
You know, how can I not get behind somebody that has a plan and, and, and strategies to ensure that we receive the funding that we not only deserve, but have been waiting on. Um, and you know, you talk, you get behind somebody that can really talk that talk. And I feel like he truly set out and said statements that impacted not just my community at home, my mom, with my brother, but my community with my friends and my family that I had built on that campus. So hearing that and seeing the proof in the pudding with him made my decision very easy. Exactly. And he made HBCU such a priority that you, he literally had a whole entire wing of his campaign dedicated mm-hmm. to HBCUs. So as an HBCU yes. co-chair for HBCU students for Biden, what were your responsibilities? Well, truly, of course, we made sure um, because the culture of the campaign and the culture of the election year in itself changed drastically due to COVID-19, we definitely were using social media as our main means of communication with the HBCU community, seeing how we do um, express ourselves and exploit the good of HBCUs over social media. So we made sure that we ran all social media accounts with regards to HBCUs and HBCU students provided. Um, we put on social events, bank calling, all of those things with regards to the campaign virtually we did, but geared towards the HBCU community and then geared towards HBCUs, period. So every HBCU we made contact, if we added you to a group message or had you on for an event, we followed up with making sure that you understood what policies were being put out, what he was discussing, you know, speeches he had put out and just videos and even calls and Zoom calls that he would have for us to tune in on just so that people truly understood how big of a situation this election year was. So, um, yeah, those are a couple of our responsibilities. And then, of course, between all four of the co-chairs, making sure that there was, of course, an HBCU voice from a younger generation and expressing our goals and expressing what we would like to see and expressing truly what we expect from our president. And I was actually a part of one of those um, roundtable panels. It was, I think it was mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before the campaign. I was on there with Frank Ski and as a broadcast guy from Georgia that wants to one day <laughs> be in radio, having Frank Ski say HBCU Pulse. Oh my God. I was like, man, like yes. I'm getting somewhere in this world. I really appreciate this wall right. even just getting us in, you know, with HBC Pulse. So as far as dealing with, you know, some of the negativity that comes with campaigning, the bashing, the trolling, because I was on a couple of those lives and some of the comments that you guys that you guys had to deal with, we guys were on Instagram live and on the Biden HBCU page, it was insane. So mm-hmm. how did you manage just the negativity and, and the divisiveness that came with this campaign season? We'll see. And then that's, and we all work. Shout out to um, my other coaches, by the way, William Fairfax from Coughlin University, Nia Page, who's from Spellman, and Robin Seniors from FAMU. All of our coaches, we all work in our different avenues. And so with Nia was literally, I, I, I consider her really our game changer because every day she truly just like kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. I truly thought that she made a difference with influencing how the culture of our social media page was broadcasted. So we would see the comments and we see the trolls and all we would have to do was put out what we were being received, what we were receiving from the campaign, which were those policies, which were those statements. And you can't deny facts. You can't deny all of the proof that he's giving us um, with every action he's taking and 
Joe Biden is a staff. He put action behind his words and we were able to push that. You know, you weren't talking to two or three distant parties. You were talking to people that were working on his communications team, that were working with him and traveling with him and making sure that we knew exactly what was going on. All we could do was really give the trolls proof. And we did just that. Every picture, every statement, every video, you know, none of that was fake. None of that was for show. We were literally taking the pictures being sent, taking the videos ourselves, doing all of those things that was a reality for us. And like I said, you guys did an amazing job and how you were able to interweave in so many different institutions and so many different student leaders was just amazing. And I always enjoyed your portions. You did uh, one with Taylor Davis you did another one where all you guys were on with different representatives. You guys were representing your HBCUs. And every time you, you'd be like, that was cool. But did this, this school or that school, I just love the camaraderie. How you really <laughs> just brought that homey homecoming HBCU feel to the campaign. Yeah. So as far as the oh. vice president, Kamala Harris. So she is going to be <laughs> our vice president, the first African-American woman the first HBCU graduate and the first woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, a D9 Greek, <laughs> to become vice president of the United States of America. So how are you yes, feeling you. about that today? Well, I mean, I'm full, you know, and <laughs> I know all of my Greek brothers and sisters will understand. It's a proud moment to know when your sis or your brother <laughs> is in a position of power and you have a personal um, connection, you know, just that camaraderie. So on that aspect of it, I am beyond words. I actually served as the undergraduate representative for the Connection and Call to Action Committee um, for our internationally with regards to my sorority. So thank you, AKA. Thank you to my, um, actually my chairperson, which was Rosalind Brock. And she the whole time before the election year would just tell me how it was so important that I was involved, how important it was that I was getting out the count and making sure people voted and making sure they were registered. So you're talking about the influence of Greek sororities and fraternities this election year. It was present. And I'm not just talking about AKAs. I'm talking about our Greek sisters from Delta Sigma Theta and Sigma Gamma Rho and Theta Phi Beta and our brothers in Kappa Alpha Psi, Alpha Phi Alpha, Phi Beta Sigma. Like literally we all got together. I was, I can remember a time on my campus when, you know, the Qs were having voter registration events and then next week the days were having voter registration events. So I'm full. I'm full to see that true Greek colors and Greekdom has made its way nationally and internationally showing that we do make a difference. We didn't just join to look good and stroll and play. It truly can happen if we get behind each other. And then just as a Black woman, I am I'm speechless to, to even think that she is now in a position that I could possibly be in one day, because that's what you do. That's what you tell your daughter. That's what you tell your son. You say, you can do that too, because I guarantee you, somebody told her, you can do this. You can make it to the White House. You can become a senator. You can go to Howard. You can, someone kept telling her, you can do it. Being her in that position just means that everything that we're doing, you know, those being admitted to an HBCU, 
becoming a member of a sorority, becoming a member of any type of organization, you know, working on a campaign, all of those things, you can do it. And I just think that it's just so amazing that we're able to get, you know, the executive branch and we have the House still and then the Senate with John also <laughs> yes. and Raphael Warnock, Morehouse graduate, oh man of Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, it was huge win. And to say that from Macon, Georgia, standing in line for an hour, I was able to vote and make that happen and be a part of history was just so amazing. And we're mm-hmm. all, we all are a part of history and we have a democratically controlled government with Joe Biden at the head, Kamala Harris at the head. And we had all these great, amazing leaders. They were proposing a lot. They were saying they're going to do a lot. So what are you expecting yeah. to see within these next few months from the Biden Harris administration? Honestly, I plan to see true um, recovery. Everybody thinks that you get a new president or you get a new leader or you get a new team of game changers because when I tell you his staff, his transitional staff, they are on point. Everybody is on point. Everybody that I'm seeing um, about with the 46th administration are true game changers. And um, but everyone usually expects like this 360. Yes, one inch of change is change, but it doesn't happen overnight. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing recovery of these United States. It's been so much chaos. It's been so much so much turmoil that has to be rectified. And I'm truly looking forward to seeing how well he recovers and really putting out a sense of security. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, everyone having that deep sigh of relief that, okay, now the work begins. What we need is healing, especially after all we've had to go through to get to this point. We need healing. And I'm definitely hoping that we can get back to a semblance of what was normal and just get back to just elevating in our lives as well as within change as well. But Rachel, right. I know I know you got to go because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're getting yourself <laughs> ready to run for president real soon. I'm, I'm already knowing because you do, you do everything <laughs> in the world. Really quick before you go, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, everyone, you can go ahead and find me on Instagram at Miss Oshinaga, M-S dot O-S-I-N-U-G-A. You can find me on Clubhouse with the same handle and on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at Adenola Rachel Oshinaga. And be sure to purchase my new book, The Royal World Book, um, which is a professional development on confidence. So thank you so much, Randall, for this opportunity. Thank you to HBCU Pulse, Go TSU Tigers, a TSU Tiger till the day I die. And a proud HBCU grad. Be blessed, y'all. HBCU. They know just who we are. Post Radio.